0: Welcome back to Arts About.
1: Show that art that's a work of art in itself, Mark. Yes, John. Good, morning. Good, day, Good morning.
0: Good morning, everybody. Good morning. You're listening to Arts About, which is brought to you by the generosity of the McClellan Sculpture Park and Gallery. And you're here in the Art of LP studios with Artists in Residence and Cultural Sounding Board, John Baird. The thermodynamic, as always, Mark Stewart. And me, tirelessly as ever, Sally Bailey.
1: Tirelessly and... Late this morning,
0: <laughs> I'm very late this morning yes, Not please.
1: that anyone will notice <laughs> No,
2: I know she's got a big
1: smile on her face, so I wonder why she's late, but anyway
0: Yeah, okay, so what are you going to be talking to us about today, John?
1: I'm going to go through the annual Stolen Art Report
0: mm-hmm. What's
1: missing, what the rewards are attached to them <gasps>
0: The Stolen Art Report?
1: Hmm.
0: Well, who puts together the Stolen Art Report? Me Oh. Oh, I see, okay we had sort a stolen um, lawnmower just down the road from us this oh, week. Yeah. Is there oh.
1: a reward for its return? Don't
0: know. Right.
1: A lot don't of know. stolen art has rewards attached. Oh. Some of them huge, ten million dollar rewards. Really? Yeah. Oh, that was stolen heart. do you wonder why people? Well, the reward for a stolen heart is <laughs> love, isn't <laughs> <you know>. it? Oh. <laughs> Hopefully, <coughs> it's this grey weather. What Um, about
0: you, Mark? What are you going to be on about this week?
1: um, Not sure. Oh, Oh, we shall stay tuned. But before we go elsewhere, I want to say farewell to my mate Sisto from Pellegrini's.
0: Yes, indeed. What a terrible, terrible week and what a terrible thing to have happened. It's Mm. awful, yes. I think we all have been very touched by that. He was a man that we all knew. Yes,
2: which seems like No one seems to have not known him. No. Mm.
0: Well, who hasn't, be, you know, it's been there for such a long time. Almost all Melbournians will have been in there at some time. And he was always there. And he was so such a memorable character because he was so tall and he always wore that cravat and he was just... A he was flirt. Just a flirt, exactly. Yeah.
2: Well, a typical good-natured Italian. Yeah. You knew how to speak with people. It was, just, yeah, it was lovely.
0: Yeah, it was.
2: Tony Joe he White was. died also, by the way. Did he? Yeah. 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 You should play his music. Well. D- oh,
0: is he an artist?
2: Uh, he's a uh, guitarist who had a big influence on a lot of people, J.J. Uh, Kale and um, the Dire Straits. Oh, like Tony Joe White. Mm. Okay. Yeah, you know. better play he's him. He's got anyway. a very, really great Southern American, drawling,
1: deep voice. <coughs> Lovely. Poke Yep. Oh, is
0: that him? Ah, well, I do know who you mean then. You do. Yes. Okay, well, this week we're going to be talking with the director of the Peninsula Summer Music Festival. That's the new artistic director who's taken over from Julia Freidersdorf. The festival commences on the 1st of January and Ben Opie joins us to enlighten us as to what we might expect from the new and enlarged program. And we're also going to be talking with actor Joshua charles Dor About a new film, he and co-producer Erica Julian are, uh, Attempting to get off the ground And we're going to find out what it takes to realise your dream on celluloid these days But first, I wanted to play you a track I have found Which is from a singer-songwriter, Baxter Dury Who was son of Ian And this is Cocaine Man for the 12th year, the Peninsula Summer Music Festival is going to bring us another summer of extraordinary music. Brainchild of Julia Freidersdorf, the festival grew from an idea that joined the forces of many expat musicians working around the world, herself included, that were here each summer visiting family for Christmas and has grown over the last 12 years to become a very diverse festival celebrating music of many styles and across many centuries. This year, they have new artistic director Ben Opie, who is a classically trained oboist and who has performed himself around the world, and also with his chamber group Inventi Ensemble, that's been on the Australian music scene since two thousand and fourteen. I've got him on the phone with us this morning to have a chat. Good morning, Ben. Welcome to Arts About.
3: Thanks very much. It's lovely
0: to be here. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Ben. You've only got six weeks from kick off now to the twelfth uh, festival. How's it coming together?
3: It's coming together beautifully. We've put together an amazing programme, um, if I do say so myself. It's it's sort of started as a um, as as you were saying, a classical music festival, early classical music festival, which is quite a niche and the way that it's grown I think has just been very, very exciting to get to a point where we can um have a festival that includes something like uh the event that we're having at the Whistlewood Gallery, Susan McCulloch's Whistlewood Gallery where There's a collaboration between an Indigenous singer-songwriter from the Marlinger country in the Northern Territory as well as visual artists from Balak Arts, the um, artist residency on the peninsula, Mm -hmm. and then presented in the Whistlewood Gallery. Things like that are what get get me really excited about music. And then on top of that, having being able to invite someone like the Haydn Ensemble down from Sydney to perform three different concerts with Sarah McLiver, it's just very exciting to... To, to be seeing all of these different sorts of things happening on the peninsula.
0: It absolutely is. Um, and this year's festival has made a big leap, both in time, it's expanded, but also its locations. As you mentioned, we've got Whistlewood, but there's also the Hot Springs and also a venue in the Yarra Valley.
3: That's right. Yeah. Why <laughs> um, the expansion
0: um, so far? <laughs>
3: <laughs> the Peninsula Festival in the Yarra Valley. Yeah. That's right. Um, part of the reason behind that is particularly the the Kuma State uh, Yarra Valley one, um we just, with the artists that are coming, so Sarah McLiver is one of the people who's based in Perth but is an internationally renowned uh, soprano. And we thought, it's it's almost a shame, it's, it's wonderful to have such great music on the peninsula for the festival, but it's almost a shame that they don't get to have more performances in Victoria when they come. Mm. So we wanted to explore the idea of just finding a few more venues and a few more opportunities for them to perform while they're here so that more of Victoria can can experience this beautiful music.
0: Absolutely, but I, it's still badged as the Peninsula Summer Music Festival, isn't it?
3: Yes, that's right. Yep. Yeah,
0: great. How yep. would you describe the style of the festival now? I mean, a, a, as we alluded to a little earlier, it's it's begun from a sort of a chamber music. Um, uh,
3: yes, and perhaps even more so, I think... Um Diverse and eclectic perhaps. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> um, most is. I think because we're including also some jazz and um, in the last couple of years there's been some world music influence as well and there's kids shows too. So I think it's sort of grown from um, this, this niche chamber music festival into something more like a, a music festival standalone ra- rather than kind of boxing it into a particular category.
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, you're going to be playing, of course. Now you're you're an oboist, and you're yes. um, remind me the name of your um, your ensemble. Inventi, is that correct?
3: Inventi, that's right. So Inventi are performing um, the, as part of the kids' festival, the mini festival that we're having um, at the kids' carnival. So we do a a little. Carnival of the Animals, where um, we actually create musical instruments with the children, so they get to make their own instrument and take it home with them. And they also get to perform in the, in the performance, as part of the performance. We, we, as Inventi Ensemble, what we do sort of throughout the year is these kids' workshops that we do, we really want it to be a memorable experience and give them something to take home with them. That We found that just in our discussions of what kids' music is for us, whenever we thought about what music was when we were kids, the ones that really stuck were the ones where you actually got to be involved in the music-making as well.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's very yeah. inspirational. And so the young, there's that the one, and then
3: we are also presenting um, Mozart's Church Sonatas, which is a bit of a strange lineup of instruments. So it's flute, oboe, two violins, cello, and organ. So Mozart wrote these works um, for that particular lineup of instruments, and we've got these amazing players, Peter Clark and Jessica Oddi from. Um, they've actually been travelling all around the world for the last few years, and luckily we pinned them down for uh, the festival. And then Peter is going to be playing the organ he was one of the finalists for the international piano competition Mm -hmm. last year i think and then myself and melissa who are the co-artistic directors of the of the festival and then welcoming a cellist all the way from manchester so like you were saying before i think one of the great things about this festival is that it's on at a time of the year where people who have been traveling all around the world might be back in australia and just want the chance to perform more music
0: Yes, quite. And it's also at yeah. a time of the year when every, lots of people are on holidays and have yes. the time to kind of uh, try out a few new things.
3: That's right. And relax. Yep. To Speaking some, of new things, I think mm-hmm. um, you mentioned it before, the Peninsular Hot Springs. That's another yes. new partnership that um, that we've established. And I think it's a really special one and it seems to be a really wonderful match. The Hot Springs have this real dedication to community, to the peninsula and to the land that they're on as well and to creating an atmosphere for people um, to really relax and to, um, and I I think bringing live classical music to that is going to be a really special event. So we have three different things happening at the Hot Springs, four different things actually, three little special events where we have solo artists going down. So Jessica Oddie, who I mentioned before, will be roaming around all of the Peninsula Hot Springs while people are bathing, playing solo violin. And I was only talking to her a couple of days ago about the program that she'll be presenting, and I just think it's going to be absolutely amazing. She's such a talented violinist and such a a sensitive programmer. You know, she really thinks about the audience that she's going to be with and how she can make that the most special experience for them. As possible. So, so and you then won't we have p- Aviva p- and Dean, sorry. who's a uh, clarinet player, who, in the last few years, um, she's a multi-talented artist, but this um, this event that she'll be creating is almost like a sound world that people will be able to enter into at the Hot Springs again. Um, and then we have an electronic music person um, coming down as well, Martin, and on top of that we have a string quartet that's going to be playing in the brand-new amphitheatre of the Peninsula
2: Hot Springs while people are bathing again. So ben, hi, my name is Mark. Um, I just have a hi question. You, you won't be playing Haydn's water music at the Hot
3: <laughs> Well, yeah? you never know. We've, we <laughs> have been carefully uh, carefully picking the um, the repertoire, right. so um, and you, I might put that to the string quartet. <laughs> that's a good idea.
2: And can you tell me, what is Ravel's Blues? What, what is that exactly?
3: Rebels Blues, um, so Christian Chong, uh, who is a, a beautiful pianist who's been, he's based in Melbourne. He's and also has a been on the ABC. for many, no? many years. He'll be playing with Sophie Rao, who's the associate concert master of the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra. Mm-hmm. And both of them are actually old friends of mine from, but when I was based in Adelaide. Um, and it's wonderful to bring them into the festival. I've seen them play many times over the years and they'll be playing, um, yeah, a piece by Ravel. Who the the middle movement I think it is um, is his blues movement. Um, so oh, oh, it should be piece something music very very special.
2: Christian Chong is also a presenter on the ABC. Is he not?
3: Yes, that's right.
2: Yeah, so he's mm. quite good. He's got a lovely voice. Yes. Okay, listen, I saw uh, last year or the year before um, um, a concert of uh, Philip Glass at the Flinders um, Church. Was that last year? St. John's. St. John's, sorry, St. John's? Yes. It was a lovely uh, um, experience. It was with an Italian uh, chamber group, was it not? Do you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. Are you not bringing any more Philip Glass? No, no. (laughs)
3: Not this year. We, we are getting... the. There is some um, new music happening. Blair Harris, who's a formidable cellist, who's been playing with the Australian String Quartet for the last few months um, while Sharon Draper's on maternity leave. Mm. He's going to be coming down and playing at LG Park, um, playing a solo cello recital. And the brief for him, when I was thinking about LG Park and what a beautiful space it is, and, again, the Australian work, artworks that are hung there, I thought, you know, it'd be great if we could have this beautiful mix of... Um, of new music new mm. australian music but then also some new uh, european music as well so you've mm. come up with a beautiful program that again i mean i've been really careful with all of the events to try and make sure that the environment that people that people are in that the music is is chosen specifically for that right yeah it's a good idea yes it's fine
2: and just quite one last question the um the oboe is it, it was originally a middle eastern instrument is that correct
3: yeah, there's a few, there's a few different threads. I think the shanai was um, one of the ones that it goes back to, which um, was yeah has has a much much harder read than what we have um, on the modern instruments. So the whole thing was just a whole lot louder as well. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, it does go back to the Middle East. There are some yeah African instruments that have similar sorts of qualities as well. Right. But um, over the years, um, yeah, we've sort of
2: Honed it down it. And, yeah.
3: and turned it into a, um, a much softer and more delicate instrument. Yes, it
2: is a beautiful instrument. I look forward to hearing it.
0: Yes, I, it's one of my favourites. It's very mm. sinuous mm. and kind of yeah. sensual, isn't it? Yes. Uh, now, you've expa- as well as expanding the the program geographically, you have also done so time-wise. I think you've added a few days to the festival this year.
3: Yeah, um, we, we always have tried, as far as I know, the festival has always tried to encompass the first two weekends, um, of the year. Sometimes that's worked, worked out and sometimes it hasn't. And then this year, it sort of worked out that the two weekends fell that it meant that it would be a 13 day festival. And then on top of that, we just kept on coming up with exciting ideas and, and wanting to do things like the final event is a free event, um, down at Pelican Park in Hastings where people can just come and hear, um, music outdoors. And I think with things like that and, and with a lot of the events in the festival, it was a very organic process of just saying yes and the whole time thinking, I just think. People, people want this music, as far as we can see, and from what people have been saying, they want to hear more music down on the Peninsula at that time of year, so if we can give it to them, why not?
0: Absolutely. Well, all power to you. It is, it's a wonderful thing, and it's growing into a really looked-forward-to uh, moment in the calendar. So, Thank you. So the, the Peninsula Summer Music Festival runs from the 1st to the 13th of January, uh, Across a load of venues here, there and everywhere, also including one out at era um, the Yarra Valley. You can go and find out a little bit about and find out what pieces are playing where by going onto their website, which is the uh, au. I will of course put a link on our Facebook page to make it easier for people to find. Thank you so much for talking to us today, Ben Opie. It sounds like you've done a great job this year and uh, we look forward to hearing some of it in the new Bye, year. Thanks, Great. Thanks Thanks for talking to us. Bye. Bye. We're going to play a few messages from our sponsors. And coming up after that, Joshua Daw is going to be talking to us about his new film, Lauren. Joshua Charles Dorr is producing and performing in a short film about a scary subject. It's a moral dilemma that plays out again and again in the real world, where backstories of perpetrators muddy the view we have of justice. An actor, writer, and producer, Joshua has created a story in which the protagonist wakes from a dream that links to a traumatic event in his life that he has repressed, and that which begins to stir violence within him. Joshua, welcome to Arts About.
4: Thank you for having me. Nice to be here.
0: It's a great pleasure. Uh, Joshua, the central character in your film, uh, he has a sort of a scary uh, persona. Why should we care about Ethan? I think
4: for for, for me as the creator and, and, and Liam, the writer, we wanted to bend that genre a little bit on its head. Um, if you were to play out, you know, that sort of character from the standard hallmarks of what would lead them to do these things. You don't, you find it very hard to make a connection to that to that person, you know, they're doing all of these things earlier in life that we didn't do. But because his memories were repressed, he lived a life just like you and I. He's nice, he lives in the burbs, he knows his neighbors, and then it hits him way later in life, so he's able to see what's happening at the same time, of happening but powerless to stop it.
0: Can you give us a little synopsis of of this film uh, called Lauren?
4: So, um, it's a man is struggling to deal with um, the events of his past, and he is looking to absolve himself from his sins. And his absolution is Lauren.
0: And Lauren is a is a character.
4: Yes. So Lauren is the she's as big a part of the film as. Ethan is, Um, and without giving too much away, because there is quite a, you know, sort of does go on a quite a bit bit of a (laughs) twist. Yeah, Yeah. he is looking to to find a a woman later in life that will help that that represents his mother, right? And because he did something terrible to his mother when he was a child. Um, but he's repressed that memory and so he's hoping, you know, in an obscure, kind of troubled way that if he found someone that was like her, that maybe he could reconnect to her somehow and be absolved from his sins. And that comes in the form of a woman called Lauren. But it takes another turn.
0: Okay. So you're you're trying to create, you've got this screenplay that you then want to actually turn into a film. And the first process for that is that you're going to make a short film. Is that correct?
4: Yes. Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. And just can you can you describe the mechanics of that? Because for people that don't know about filmmaking, um, obviously you have an idea to do to create a feature film in the in the long term. Uh, is there, how is, how does this work as a stepping stone?
4: Um, so the short of it is, um, you you put something together like this on your own back. Uh, we have a crowdfunding campaign as well, just to sort of, you know, help us out as much as we can. But for the most part, it, it falls to me, being a, I'm the driving force behind it and, and sort of the creator. Um, and then hopefully through that, you, you do the festival round, and if you do well on the festival rounds, then my agent will sort of help put that film in the path of people that can sign those documents that get projects greenlit. Mm-hmm. Um, once there's a little bit of traction or there's a little bit of gossip and there's something happening in social media possibly even an award at a festival that really really helps and say you might pitch it to a production company or Screen Australia or something like that
0: Okay and uh, so you've gone to a crowdfunding organisation called Possible I think that's that's where the <laughs> film sits now and, and you need to... Tell me, you need to raise a certain amount of money in order to get this, this short made?
4: Yes, yeah. We, um, we pitched really high with our first run. Um, just, just because I, as an actor who's done a ton of free projects in order to, you know, develop the skills, I pitched high in order to try and get everyone paid. Um, and so we've had to, to reset that um, and really call in a lot of favours. Um, but we managed to get it over the line, and so now we, we start shooting on the 15th of December. Um, I'm just waiting to hear back from who we've cast as Lauren, actually, to mm-hmm. tell her that she's got the part. So that's pretty exciting. I'm waiting on that call this morning as well.
0: Wonderful. So uh, are you in the film?
4: I play Ethan, yes.
0: You play Ethan. Who's directing it?
4: Um, his name is Simon Joyce. Mm-hmm.
0: And have you and Simon and uh, and your writer Liam worked together before?
4: No. Well, Liam and I have worked together before. We did a short film when I first moved to Melbourne two years ago, called Can. And but now he lives in London, um, and he's working on a bunch of different projects. Um, and I just contacted him, and we'd always wanted to find something to do again. And I had never written dialogue before, so for this, I wrote. The story, the sort of the three acts and the beat and sort of said, you know, do your thing to this to these acts, and and let's see what comes out.
0: Mm-hmm. So mid December you're shooting. That's very exciting. Um, how do people, if they, if they want to find out a little bit more about this project, what do they do? Can they go online? Is there a YouTube of uh, of anything, or is there? What?
4: There is. Yes. Yep. There's a bunch of things. There's. Um, on my own YouTube channel, which is Joshua Charles door, there's a teaser trailer and there is an introductory chat um, where I'm just sort of explaining how it all came about and what the film is about and the sort of subtext and what have you. And there is also an IMDb page. I mean, I have my own IMDb page, but there mm-hmm. is also one for the film.
0: Okay, Fabulous. Well, what I will do is I'll put some links up on our Facebook page so that our listeners, if they if they're interested, can go along and have a look at that, find out a little bit more about you, find out about the film, and maybe even participate and invest in the in the possible um, site if they're if they're so inclined. Uh, good luck with it, Joshua. It's great talking to you today.
4: Thank you very much for that. And just to, oh, just to add to the um, the crowdfund, there are a lot of rewards um, oh, for anyone yes. who donate certain Amounts as I'm a, a photographer when I'm not doing this, and I cover all genres. So I'm trying to kick back as best as I can for anyone who does donate. We had someone recently donate $750, which made him an executive producer.
0: Mhm. And and all, uh, another thing I've heard you say is that you might do some portraits for people. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah, so there's there's plenty of incentives. So as I said, I'll make a link on our Facebook page. Thanks so much for talking to us today, um, Joshua, and good luck with the film.
4: Pleasure. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. Bye.
1: And now it's time for John on.
0: Okay. Price tags on stolen art, John.
1: Well, it's interesting, isn't it, stolen art? Yeah. We do like talking about it. it.
0: Yeah, we do. Yeah. It's right. got a bit of uh, intrigue. It's a bit like our criminal, you know, it's our CSI of art sorry. on Art's About.
1: I started thinking about it again after reading about um, the French art theft a Spider Man, who's a um, burglar and uh, known for being able to climb into sort of difficult areas and steal stuff. And uh, he was commissioned to steal a Lejeune painting. Why anyone would commission anyone to steal a Lejeune painting, I don't know. But he managed to break into the...
2: <laughs> good point. He did do some good things.
1: Yeah, well, he broke into the Musée d'Art Moderne in Paris and he, while he was there, he grabbed a, a Medigliani and a Cezanne, I think, and uh, Picasso, which were all in the same room, and the Lejeure as well, threw the Picasso in the bin on the <laughs> way out. You <laughs> didn't like the Picasso? <laughs> didn't like that one. And... Um, the rest were recovered actually and he was arrested and charged and tried and he's been fined a hundred million euros.
2: <laughs>
0: Whoa. I wonder if he's ever going to be able That's to pay that That's a big back.
1: fine,
2: Mark. It is a big fine, John. Yeah. Almost as bad as Victoria Police. So. <laughs> and,
0: <laughs> exactly. and, the, and that kind of fine, why would, how would that kind of money be, be?
1: The paintings haven't been recovered. So I think oh, the they're using that, uh, the $100 million dollar fine as a an attempt to wedge the paintings out of him. Right. So he may have a plan to go to jail, come out of jail, and the paintings are still there. Got you, of course. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't possibly tell you what Spider-Man is
2: thinking. Yeah. Well, no, he would have been, as you said, commissioned, so the painting would have gone to the person who... Le, the Leger. Yeah, Leger, yeah. yeah. And um, he... he you,
1: he would have got to commission some money from it. He wouldn't have got a $100 million. No, but the other paintings which uh, make up probably the large part of the reward, or the fine, I mean... Um, are still missing. Are still missing, yeah. Like the, the Cezanne particularly, mm. and uh, Medigliani, quite a good Medigliani, if there's such a thing, I guess there is. Medigliani. I think there yeah. would be
0: a lot of people that would say that, yes, there is.
1: Right, there are.
0: Ah. <laughs>
1: so um <Old> <laughs> currently missing in stolen art around the world um there's a van gogh stolen from the carl museum in egypt uh, it's worth they reckon about 55 million um and there's a which so which museum in egypt it's the Kali museum must have been private I don't, Mohammed Kali Museum Okay, so yeah, it's private Okay Uh, And there's a $10 million reward for that one If you see that one around, Mark Mm.
0: Keep your eyes peeled
1: Yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, There's um, The View of Auvers Paul Cezanne It's got a $100 million reward on it What? Yeah uh, God knows what the painting's worth, but Ooh. they reckon it's worth a few. It was stolen from the uh, Ashmolean Museum in Oxford in England in okay.
0: 1999.
1: Wow. Mm. Yeah. Um,
0: Can you imagine, like, where are these paintings? Are they in people's <coughs> houses? Yes.
1: Uh, or in the bank vaults,
2: but they're mostly people who are... Um, well, you think about the people who've made a lot of money, sort of not very honestly... <laughs> Really happy just to sort of push the envelope. And, Are they and happy to
0: show their friends that they have these things? Yeah,
2: paintings? yeah. Well, the fact that they've actually been able to steal something is what's more important to them than, than the thing itself, because oh. they could just get a copy made. But it's you know the idea is that you know, this is even more even better. It's like Makes the, me
0: feel really naive.
2: Well, we are. But it's like they, you know, they they'll spend 145 million on a on a painting, not so much because of the painting, but because they've spent 145 million on the swing tag, the swing tag. Yeah. And so the thieving is in the same area
1: of excitement for people who, you know, are a bit bored and by a long shot, mm-hmm. painting stolen from the Gardner Museum in America during that art theft, uh, the notorious art theft. Yes. Including a Vermeer and a Van Eck, and mm-hmm. a um, Rembrandt, uh, all of which are attracting $10 million rewards. Uh, it's quite a lot. $10 million is a big reward. So, Mark, we've got some work to do. I reckon <coughs> we ought to get out there and start hunting around, see where these pictures are, we'll start with Will and Sally's place. It might be <laughs> <a little bit. laughs> Could be hiding in a cupboard somewhere there. Yeah, you never know.
0: Yeah. Well, you know that Will and Gabe, the notorious Will and Gabe, did a wonderful uh, art heist story about mm. the Gardner Museum. Yes. That. Mm. Yeah. Might play that again over summer.
1: Yeah, it is It is an amazing story. Yeah. And well, you uh, should just look at the All book. art theft stories, successful art theft stories, are amazing for the same reason, which is the ease with which these things were stolen. Mm. You know, mm. The Gardner, it was a... It was shockingly simple for these men. There were no guards inside the building. There was a couple parading outside the building. Uh, the, the thieves were able to just simply wait inside until the museum shut, get the paintings they wanted and nick out the back door. Mm. Now look, uh, With I, a Vermeer. I, yes. No, it's, no less. Yeah.
2: It's like when people come to Australia and, and see everybody's houses that are open... Yeah. Uh, unlocked houses for a, a lot of French people—it's just insane. Right. And it's—you um, know—I mean, I don't know if you've been to America. You realise that people actually, you know, especially in the north, they—they just leave their cars open, their houses open. There's no—there's there's very little theft. Mm. Although
1: we, you and I, did go to Shea Rothschild and found the place open That's, and uninhabited.
2: Well, it's true. But also in Arles, <laughs> I went into the uh, the Musée Arletan. It's called in in Arles, in Arles, and they had a little Roman head in marble, this big. Mm. You know, that's my that's hand. About 5 but, centimetres but, No, about though, right? 17 centimetres tall. Right. Beautiful thing. I could have picked it up and put it in my pocket. Right. And uh, the person I was with said, Go on, do it. And I couldn't do it. But well, it Little so stone, stone is
1: interesting because the biggest art theft that's going on at the moment around the world is uh, within the Syrian conflict. Mm. Oh. Um, oh, yeah. There are people who are going to Syria and um, stealing objects. Um, during the conflict because they're getting away with it during the conflict. They're risking a lot to go and do it but they are stealing some of the most valuable stuff in the world and you know um, they've now in various countries around the world they've trained dogs to be able to smell antiquities Mm. (gasps) Really? Yeah Dogs yeah. amazing, they they? Are amazing. Who would have
0: thought that there was a specific a aroma? It's
2: <laughs> You yes. well, so sure, could yeah. identify. Yeah, but in, in Carada, they, they, uh, there's a whole industry of making old, um, mar- uh, Roman marble sculptures. You know? Fakes. Fakes. Yeah. And they use a lot of coffee and a lot yeah. of dirt and, uh, you That's know, That's my other favourite subject, of course. Oh, fakes. Yeah, the fakes are really <laughs> yeah. Stolen art and fakes.
1: You know? Good. <laughs> I can remember watching, um, a bunch of New Guinean guys mm-hmm. Um, pissing into buckets essentially, and then they'd take the buckets out into the behind where they were living and pour it into a big ditch in the ground, which was full of wooden carvings that they were aging oh, for. Know, yeah, of course. No. <coughs> it's, well, the, the
2: Romans used to use uh, slaves as um, and in big vats of, of pea uh, to take all the stains out of all the clothes. That's how they used to do it—is have huge vats. Wouldn't it all end up with one big piss stain? Well, no. They in urine takes away all the most probably mostly blood. I don't know. know, And and urine actually takes out the stain. Then they'd have to wash them. So just the
1: black of the back of the tunic they'd have to wash.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Is that it, John? Yeah. There we go. So, <clears throat> Mark. Hi, well, that Ian Drury's son. Yeah. I thought that was a really great song. Yeah. I like that. I like these. I, I love their those sort of South London, I think, accent. Yeah. It was wonderful, do. and the um the words are really good, and just the fact when you think about the how simple the music was of that bass guitar, and the and a, just an acoustic guitar, perhaps I think there was an electric one there as well. So simple, with a little drum beat behind, and and it made me think you know the the guts. Of a, of, uh, you know, the, it's catgut basically, right. turned into a string, and the fact that it's, you know, you're just touching that string to make these amazing sounds, and what is it exactly that touches us,
0: you mm, know, in those the vibrations, heart, the, the vibrations, the vibrations,
2: yeah, it, it, it's um, quite amazing. But your uh, Andrew was, as you remember, was a great, uh, he was an art teacher, in fact. Oh, pol- I didn't know that. Yeah, no. with polio. Yeah, and a heroin addict. Yeah. And the lyrics were good. The lyrics were very good. The Hit Me With A Rhythm Stick was
1: a great one. We Nothing them like heading right. for the front door in a pair of very creased trousers. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well,
0: his they son, fine. Baxter, is uh, apparently a rather badly behaved young man, but uh, quite a That's musician. Father. Yeah. Yeah, no, very
2: good. I like that. So my subject of the day is mm. um, actually the gut, once again. Your gut? Or no, gut? everybody's gut. Yeah. yeah the chinese of course place the mind in the stomach yes right. which is very interesting and it is surprising how little people know about the digestive process mm. we have 50 trillion plus microbes that reside in our stomach in our gut and a thousand or so species of bacteria and other microbes comprising our microbiome are the stars of our digestive system and display a richer diversity than any rainforest, which
0: mm. carrying it now around you, in your gut. That, if you said biome. Mm. I've often wondered how it was pronounced. Is, it, is that a French word? Because it looks to me as if it was. Probable, it might be. Probably, Maybe It's, yes. Latin. it's microbiome. Yeah, it's a yeah. biomass. I mean, yes.
2: it's microbiome. Um, of course, yeah. But, um, so they're the stars of our digestive system and you're carrying a... You're yep, are at work cross. as we speak. Yes, but to have a completely effortless, entirely satisfying and perfectly formed bowel movement is a rare thing. Is mm-hmm. it? Apparently, Sally, almost half of the female adult population suffer from constipation. Ah. This includes transvestites. Men tend to be fast and fruity, women to be slow and sluggish. The Golden Rule, according to Dr. Michael well, no, Bondi... What is where Mark gets his know. Know. Well, you John, I'm about to tell you... The library would be <laughs> extraordinary, <laughs> wouldn't it? <laughs> I'm about to tell you, John. Yeah, okay. Um, as you know, I read the Weekend Australian assiduously and the review section. Right. Um, Christopher Allen was talking about the Rome exhibition on in camera, which I didn't want to bore you with, okay. so I would love to have seen. Yeah, it sounds uh, fabulous. But uh, what could be, I don't know, maybe his wife, a woman called Tyria Allen... You never know if it's his wife or not. She uh, has reviewed three books. Um, Mike, Dr. Michael Moseley's uh, The Clever Gut Diet." I yeah. don't know whether he's Oliver Mosley's yeah, yeah, yeah. son. Could yeah, yeah. be. It's yeah. a well-known book, that one. Black Shirts and things. Oh, it's a well-known, he's well-known. Yeah. The Happy Bow, uh by son Michael Levitz. Yeah. And Mides Decker's, a Dutch guy, of course, The Story of Shit. <laughs> Okay, mm. so that's what where it comes from, John. Right. Um, so doc, uh, Dr. Mosley says, when you go to the bathroom to open your bowel, is it a response to an irresistible urge to go at that instant? If so, good. Otherwise, don't bother. No fretting and straining. Just let your parasympathetic nervous system do its job. Right. Yeah, Jen,
1: one assumes now, that there's a toilet nearby at all times, you know. Well, this so is you
2: the, just John, exactly, that's the point he makes. He says mm. that what people do is they force themselves to... to, to do their bowel movements before they travel, before they do things, exactly. and they strain and they and they create problems. That's for what
1: my mum said to
2: do. Exactly. <laughs> Everyone's mum yeah. said to do that. Well, listen. Um, <clears throat> so before I get censored, mm-hmm. I just want to say this: uh, what Michael Decker's. You're saying.
1: just going to say what you're going to be censored for before exactly. you get censored. <laughs> 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 yeah, just get it quickly. What
2: we call the environment is nothing but the excretion of plants and animals. It's very interesting. And speaks of their merits from humble, stable manure.
1: Now, you'll have to say that again.
2: What we call the environment is right. nothing but the excretion of yeah. plants and animals. Okay? Right. That's the environment. That well, is that, weird. Yeah. This is all about the second law of thermodynamics, also, right. by the way. Um, and speaks to the merits, the, their merits, from humble, stable manure to guano per bird poo from yeah. Peru, Peru, yep. Yep. to the shit of all shits, ambergris from the constipated sperm. That so we're always well, on the lookout for. Uh, absolutely. Worth upwards of $25,000 a kilogram to the perfume industry. Right. If, only our poo had half his day it's almost worth as much as stolen art well that's but ambergris
0: exactly not poo is, it? Isn't well, it, is doesn't it, isn't it coughed up or something no that
2: is it but he's he's saying it's from it's constipation but they say it's actually just um uh, like a, a kidney stone or something it's a, oh, yeah right. it's not they're not exactly sure but yep, they do okay. it, it is an excretion that comes from Gosh, somewhere yes, okay. um i think i'll stop there there wasn't excretion any in the enough. dead whale. <laughs> there
1: was a dead whale down at um, I no, down at uh, Sorrento last summer. Yeah. No amber green. What's it called? Amber green. No amber green, there. Yeah. No, they it, normally... I wouldn't have a look. Yeah, did no, you? it, it floats
2: <laughs> up by itself. So I thought I'd found some at Ricketts Point. So yeah, so yeah you just you had, you had a big stinking know. lump
1: of something it else. It was <laughs> a
2: jellyfish, <laughs> the poor thing. Oh, yeah, was yeah, yeah. But a big round one looks so much like amber green. I was like,
1: trying to see too much, but mm. no...
0: Oh, that's a shame. Do you yeah. know, you're
1: not allowed to remove whale bones from a beach.
0: I did know that. Mm. It's well, a serious fine, th- isn't it? And there? you're not yeah.
2: allowed to remove ambergris from the beach either, aren't you? No, so they don't yeah. tell me how anything. much is to that it. Was, well, exactly.
0: What say that it just spontaneously appeared in your well, no, basket so that, or something.
2: Yeah, Well, no, so that Victoria Parks and whatever they're called can oh. pick it up and set
1: it themselves. Yeah. No, it's not quite the thing, but it's, it is
2: illegal, but don't tell anyone.
1: All right. Um, but, uh, I've been, lots of people have been behaving illegally down at Sorrento where that whale was on the beach Because there's no bones left <gasps> mm. And uh, I can't imagine that the tides washed them all away Some of the spinal bones were quite large mm. And rib bones, which washed around in the shallows for a while, they were all missing too.
0: Oh God. Mm.
1: Did you ever
2: see that documentary? It wasn't
1: me <clears throat>
0: I'm glad to hear
2: it When the whale The baby whale Gets The killer whales Eat its liver And leave the rest of it And it sinks to the bottom Of the ocean floor And there's just Over six months of feast Of crabs And fish And everything That's feasting On this poor baby whale Not
1: all whales Die by having Their livers eaten By orcas No Some have Die of other things
2: Well this one was It was the documentary Showed them Showed the mother Trying to defend it And the orcas Is getting in there And all they go for Is the liver And the tongue
0: Hey, remember Wings?
2: Yes, Paul McCartney Yeah Oh, you're not going to play so are you? There's one good song
0: This is a good song, I reckon It's called Love is Strange
2: Yeah, there was another one This is with Linda
0: I guess so, it's Wings
2: So, um Yeah I, my mother, who's 90 years old Is in Where a, you know, your
1: headphones on
2: like? is, Sorry, is in an old people's home um, In in Brighton pretty expensive very very sad um experience it is to see how how a woman who lived in a lovely big house on beach road a quiet corner and magnificent views is now in this tiny room um uh waiting to die basically
1: yeah on the other hand we went and saw Alfie who uh, we did seems in quite nice circumstances he's got a Huge television in front of him and you can watch the Grand Prix over and over. Yeah, again. but Alfie's a different. He space. can reach the chocolate in the drawer. Yeah.
2: He's seventy-four. He might have uh, what is oh, it, Huntington's. Yeah. It's a, a horrible. He's yeah, I mean, not a, ancient. No. Whereas if, when you're 19 you, you're in perfect health, except losing your mind a little bit.
0: Can I remind everybody that our listeners don't know these people?
2: Yeah, well, I said well, my mother, We
1: don't want to name them necessarily. No. No, of course we. No,
2: don't. I'm, I'm talking about my mother in relation to just being old and um, what what it is to look forward to that and how you know, how we apparently 40 percent of people in old people's homes uh, are un- don't receive a visit. <gasps> Yeah. Like no one comes to see them And that's, uh, I can see that with my mother That I've got brothers and sisters and nephews and nieces They just don't go and see her at all They're all happy to, you know, to enjoy to Peter, the, you can't the house
1: and the rest of it Have that experience when you're in your early 20s Because all you want to do is lay in bed and have no one come and see you, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
2: <laughs>
1: Depends who's visiting John Well yeah
2: uh, look, I just—it's just something which is—it it saddens me enormously just to see how you. And I wonder what—what what is the future? Apparently, robots are going to be very good for old people in the future. Yeah, yeah. dogs are good.
1: You know, they can. But well, you can't have dogs in old people's homes. and they can cheer old people up. They can smell cancer.
0: Cats can apparently, or yeah. can dogs
1: too? Well, cats can't. They just make you think. They can by giving it that disease.
2: Well, I had a very good <laughs> <laughs> toxoplasma. <laughs> True, yes. Toxoplasma gondii, John. Yeah. It's uh, which was the guts again today. But my um, when Kathy, my second wife, was dying of cancer, our American Burmese cat Lulu used to sit on her stomach, mm. and um, really, you could see she was trying to sort of bring it out of her. But it got to the stage where katy said, oh, "I can't take it any longer. It's too mm. much." Because so mm. she realised that she was just
1: concentrating on that. It was very. It's a whole different world that dogs live in, isn't it?
0: Completely.
1: You know, they uh, they can smell stuff that we'd never be able to smell. Obviously, mm. I got um, I got sniffed by a dog in Italy with my brother Andrew, and it, the dog went a little bit, kind of got very interested in my brother Andrew's bag, and uh, we got searched for drugs. Imagine. Hell. And Uh, But it was actually um, some handmade yoghurt That Andrew had in his bag (laughs) It had been there for far too long apparently
0: (laughs) This dog, drugged, highly trained, skilled, animal Uh, Fooled (laughs) Dog sniffer. Goodness (laughs) me
1: Yes, well that's it
0: Oh, okay, well there we are Um, In that case
1: Speak for yourself
0: It's time for the news Artists of the Peninsula Studio Trail have their open studio weekends coming up. It's actually, I think we've got one this weekend and there's another one next weekend.
2: Uh, Lyndon New Arts have their annual postcard show opening at the newly renovated gallery space in St Gilda I hope they did a good job Has anyone seen it? No, I haven't seen it yet It's a beautiful building Yes, it is Uh, That's Friday the 23rd of November until Sunday the 10th of February
0: Yes, so there's time over summer to get up there and have a look which Mm. I guess we should do and in Mm. fact, actually I have a feeling that I may even be talking with Melinda Martin next week on the programme
1: Mmm, okay Twelfth Peninsula Summer Music Festival as we were talking about today, thirteenth of January twenty nineteen. Yes. First the new artistic to the 13th. director of the Peninsula Summer Music Festival is Obost, Ben Obi. And the yes. new programme has been published. Um oh, and,
0: uh, don't worry about that. I've, yep. I've gone on and on and on, on a yeah. bit. But I guess we discussed that today with Ben. Yes, it's um you should just go to the Peninsula um, music festival site. And have a look at their program, because there's a lot of stuff there mm. all over the place.
2: Uh, Christmas at the Studio in Hastings returns on the 23rd and 24th of November at 200 Marine Parade Hastings, featuring the work of artist Lisa Warrington, Julie... Hamilton, Megan Greenwood, oh, there's one man, and Stephen
1: Morris.
0: Yes, uh, yes, that's right. are you know any we, of these people? Yes, we had, Megan Greenwood the names. On the, we had Megan Greenwood on the show last year, I think. She's a silversmith who okay. I think she was in Mount Martha originally uh, when we spoke to her, but she's obviously joined the studio over there at Hastings. Mm.
1: I don't know where the Christmas at the studio is returning from.
0: <laughs> oh, it just comes every year. <laughs> returning from being closed. Right. Yes Um, If you are interested in contributing Towards the making of Lauren This film we talked about today With one of its actors Joshua Door, Have a look at our Facebook page
2: for. You know he
1: said that uh, The character in the film Is um, in a situation where He can see what's happening But he can't do anything about it Mm -hmm. Well that's true of the audience as well Isn't it?
0: Yes it is, absolutely I
1: wonder how they're going to reconcile that Yeah,
0: I wonder
1: don't ask him. No. <laughs> okay.
0: Now, two Mornington Peninsula artists have teamed up to bring you a pop-up gallery shop at Mornington a Red Road in Red Hill, opening on the 23rd of November. Sandy Faulkner, who is a potter, and Katrina Newman, a contemporary gold golden silversmith, um, will be available each day for over two weeks to talk about the work and obviously sell you some of their stuff. Um, I'm going to have a word with... Uh, Katrina Newman next week on the program.
1: Is Sandy Faulkner one of your Faulkners?
0: No, I don't know her. No. No. So, everybody, if you've just tuned in, you've missed Arts About. You can hear the repeat on Wednesdays at 12. Arts About is available on air, streaming from the station website or the RPP phone app, and we also have a podcast of the show on a Wooshka podcast address that you can find by checking into our Facebook page. We'll be on again same time next week which is 11am on Sundays and remember everybody we may not know everything about art.
1: But we're looking for a Vermeer. Mm. Yeah, I think I mean. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm getting my magnifying class out.